0: Chapter 7, The Black City. The ride south was the longest and most demanding Alana had experienced. They were just a day away from chorus when the countryside changed. The hills were rockier. My name is Estelle, and this is Fantasia Divina. In general, I wouldn't say I've done a lot of courageous things. Thoughtless and reckless ones, maybe, but not courageous. I thought for a long time for if I could think of any personal stories than if I could think of any stories from my friends or my family, but it felt like I might be putting words in other people's mouths if I said so-and-so did this, and that was a very courageous thing because what might be a courageous act for one person could be very blasé for another. So I just kept asking myself, when was there a time I elected to do something that frightened me? And then a story came to mind. I am terrified of conflict. Just the mere idea that I might be in a disagreement with somebody can make me feel anxious to my very bones. I've gotten a lot better over the years, but I'm still definitely conflict averse. So I was having a conversation with a friend about how she was thinking about grad school or she was in the application process or something. I cannot remember the exact words, but she made a really dismissive comment about Some standardized tests, like the MCAT or the LSAT or the GRE. Honestly, they all blur together. Um, Not dismissive like that the institution of standardized tests is ridiculous, which I think she and I would both agree on. Dismissive like this is an objectively easy hurdle to cross. These tests are really silly because they are stupidly easy. And it really didn't sit right with me because it felt very dismissive of people without the same educational resources we had or people who just struggle with that kind of thing. And at the same time, I was working in a place with high school equivalency classes and where I interacted with a lot of people who didn't finish high school, which I guess is why I felt a bit extra sensitive to the topic at the time. So this is the courageous act, is that I told her... That what she said made me uncomfortable, which if you're not terrified of conflict, maybe seems like whatever. But I hate disagreeing with people; it is so scary. But yeah, I basically said that seems kind of insensitive. Like not everyone has the ability to do well on standardized tests. Blah 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 blah. Um, and as is a natural response to a call out, she got kind of defensive, and we left the conversation unresolved, not coming to a conclusion or a consensus. And shortly afterwards, she left the house, and I was in a big spiral, like, oh god, I should never ever open my mouth, I'm everything I say is garbage, and also our friendship is over, oh my god. My fear of speaking up, uh, totally validated, world is ending, great. But afterwards, either later that night or the next day, she said to me, you know what, I was wrong, my bad, and... I didn't know or I had forgotten that she went out because she was getting drinks with a friend and I was so messed up about verbalizing my disagreement that I thought she had left out of anger and frustration with me but that experience was probably pretty important in my character arc (laughs) because it showed me that even though I disagreed with a friend about something the world didn't Implode so everything turned out fine and as a side note, I think it also takes courage to admit that you were wrong I know that I just said I don't like to I didn't want to say other people's acts were courageous and put those words in their mouth but I don't know it's something I Definitely could work on and something. I always notice and appreciate whenever that friend does Like say hey, I'm wrong. I was wrong about that thing. I'm like wow I aspire to that ability But yeah, as I read this chapter, something really on my mind was what makes something courageous. This experience of mine wasn't anything grandiose or life-threatening, but it felt like it took a lot of courage to do. But I guess courage is related to fear, and fear is fear, whether it's staring down a dragon or sending an email or whatever. But it's time to heroically, courageously, epically recap... The chapter. In 30 seconds. Three, two, one, go. They get to the Black City. Um, they go to the palace. Someone explains to Alana and co. That the Black... that Not the Black City. They get to Persopolis, And then the Black City is the scary place in the distance. That like takes their young people. And they never come back. And so Jonathan, who's been basically dared by Roger to go. He uh, gets out in the middle of the night to go to the Black City. Alana goes with him. And they go on this adventure together. And then they are almost killed by these creepy immortal beings but there's epic displays of magic and sword fighting and they defeat them just like the prophecy foretold. (laughs) Also Jonathan knows Alana's a girl now. Also she's gonna be his squire. Also many other things that I missed. (laughs) For today's theme discussion I have three spots where I have the question Is this courage? First of all, after Roger passive-aggressively entices John to prove his strength by going to the Black City, a place that will almost certainly kill him, uh, John, of course, sneaks off into the night and goes, like a dum-dum, Alana too, uh, but is it courage that takes him to the Black City. I think for Jonathan, maybe not. He seems confident and giddy, not like he's facing down something fearful. And I think he's driven by spite or jealousy and recklessness. Like, I routinely went sledding next to train tracks as a child, but that wasn't a courageous thing, just a bit reckless. But I think Alana, she's going with Jonathan because she is worried for him and she cares about him, uh, which to me is more of a courageous act. Also, she's been having prophetic visions of the city throughout the book, so... You know, what you're going to do? Then, in the Black City, they meet the Nameless Ones. Uh, I'm going to pronounce their name... Ysandirs? We learn that they are basically eternal beings because they've been bewitching and munching on the life force of the Bajir's young people. And here I'm asking, are the Ysandirs driven by courage or fear? I want to say that they're making fear-based decisions, that they are afraid of dying, that's why they do what they do, and that the courageous decision might be to accept death, but that conflicts with my next point, which is when Alana and Jonathan are battling the Sandeers. Uh, It's, of course, terrifying, but she's got the hand of the goddess on her and Jonathan and her sword of destiny. So she musters up courage like nobody's business to take the nameless ones down. And here, I would say the courageous decision is fighting for her and Jonathan's lives and not accepting death, even though that's also a scary thing to do. So how do we decide what the courageous act is? Is it courage to face down monsters? Or is it courage to give yourself up to death? I don't have the answers right now. Anyway, I chose courage as a theme because I thought about, you know, what's really an exemplifying trait of Alana? And that's what came to mind. So I'm excited to see how my understanding of courage might deepen and grow each time I revisit it throughout this quartet. This is going to be the last Lectio Divina for a little while. I haven't picked what the next spiritual practice will be, but... Rest assured, it's going to be one from Harry Potter and the Sacred Text because I have no idea how to find out where any others might be hiding. Here's the little sentence we'll be Lectio Divina-ing today. Slowly, a wall of blue-violet light rose between them and the Ysandir. Step 1 of Lectio. What's happening in the story right now? Here, Alana and Jonathan are using their magic. Jonathan's magic is blue and Alana's is violet. So combining to raise a giant protective wall of magic between them and these creepy, creepy dudes. (laughs) I make it sound like they're like pervs on the street. No, they're these supernatural... Anyways. (laughs) Step two, what do we see allegorically in this snippet? I actually just recently listened to the chapter... Of Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, where Harry and Dumbledore are on their Horcrux adventure and they meet the Inferi, which are zombie corpses basically, which I thought had like a decent similarity between, you know, the Inferi and the Usandir, which is that they're both kind of immortal. The Inferi are reanimated corpses and they're both afraid of. Light and fire, so it feels like both these antagonists are ways of enforcing the idea that light and fire and the sun and all these things are a symbol of Life That's what it reminded me of. Okay, then step three uh, We're asking what does this remind us of in our personal lives? I thought it was fun that there's a lot of color words in the sentence even light and rose are color related even if it's because they're homonyms and I'm thinking about how these colors are protecting John and Alana and I use colors in the form of art to protect my soul from the grim grim world and step four what is the text calling us to do I feel like this text is inviting me to engage in my colorful protector of happiness that is art with other people right Alana and John are together joining forces I just started an online class. Actually, the first day of it is today as I record this. Haven't actually started it yet. So anyways, I want to participate in that community and make connections while doing art. In this chapter, I want to bless Muktab. The Bajir are an ethnic minority in Tortal society. They were conquered by Tortal. And as is usually the case with oppression and colonialism, uh, public opinion of them is generally racist bull honky, and Muktab is the only Bajir member of Lord Martin's, like, staff or entourage. I just think it must be very exhausting to be surrounded by white people all the time. But he's doing important work by being there. So God's all blessed, Muktab, and anyone who has to work or live in a situation where you look around and you're, you're the only one like yourself. It can feel really tiring. I'm not sure when I'll start the next book. I'm having computer troubles, and of course there's a pandemic, and I want to spend time on other projects too, but hopefully I'll be back soon because I'm enjoying it a lot, and hmm, thinking about the theme of willpower for next time. But anyway, bye for now! I'm not going to do a book summary episode, so as a fun bonus here after the ending song, I'm going to try and do the 30-second recap of the book. This is truly what takes the most courage in life. 30-second recap of Alana, The First Adventure. 3, 2, one, go, Alana is a noble girl. She wants to be a knight. Knights aren't allowed to be girls, so she disguises herself as a her twin brother and becomes a knight. No, she doesn't, she becomes a page. She befriends Jonathan and all these other cool cats. Jonathan almost dies because there's a plague that was probably magically sent to kill him, but she's got the hand of the goddess on her. Everyone's like, wow, you're really uh, touched by the gods, aren't you? Uh, she, uh, she meets George, her, uh, spoiler, 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 and they go to the Black City. Uh, she, Alana, no, Alana, oh my God, Alana, John, and everyone, And they go and they defeat the evil monsters. (laughs) I mean, that's basically what happens.